Hey, this is Michelle bringing you hope, hopefully bringing you hope. If you're a parent of an addicted loved one, you're not alone. I am the mother of a recovering addict um, and a recovering addict of um, our son and daughter-in-law. And I'm here today to talk to you about motivation and um, why do people change? I'm reading a book called Beyond Addiction, How Science and Kindness Help People Change. And I think when I looked at this book and I saw the word kindness in the same title with addiction, it, it kind of stopped me. And I thought, oh, wouldn't we all love to handle our child's addiction with kindness, right? But if you're like me, um, kindness is not really in my in my vocabulary when our son was actively using. Um, that word was just definitely nowhere in the picture. But let me ask you something. Do you like to be bossed around? <laughs> I'm sure you don't. I know I don't. And... Um, when when our son was actively using, I just felt like yelling at him all the time and bossing him around and telling him what to do and, you know, shaking him to say, don't you want to stop now? Like, what are you doing? Quit using drugs, right? But um, confrontation is the arch enemy of motivation. Confrontation is the biggest motivation killer. So if if our child is resisting to change, um, it's just going to get worse if we confront, right? Um, confronting our addicted loved one just leads to resistance. Um, and so it's like, oh darn, I wish I wish we could just, you know, wave a wand and say, you know, yes, just listen to me, just do this, but it doesn't work. And um, I want to ask you, do you think your loved one is unmotivated? Um, Does his decision to continue to use seem stubborn and crazy to you? Um, I'm sure that you, like me, have felt frustrated, angry, and um, just at a loss for how, how, how are we supposed to help? So in this chapter, um, I just want to share a few things because it really made sense to me. And I hope that maybe it'll um, help you where you're at today. But first of all, one of the things it talks about is acknowledging someone's point of view and listening. Listening to them cultivates motivation. And what we want to do is motivate our child, don't we? We want to motivate our child to have the courage to want to change. Um, But we cannot, as parents, we don't have the ability to, to... It's not our fault that they're using... And we don't have the ability to make them change. We just can't. But what we can do is learn to provide an environment that lets them be less reactive to what we're doing, which for me is sometimes yelling and judging in the past. And 
if we're more concerned with their behavior and the consequences and maybe why they want to use, um, just listening can help him realize that um, he can kind of listen to himself and sort out what his reasons are. You can help him realize that he wants to change and help reduce his need to defend his current behavior, um, which, you know, if we confront, they just kind of get stuck there. But what I love this about this too is that if we detach from our child, I don't know about you, but for, for, for a period of time, I just couldn't cope. So I just didn't even um, interact with him. He wasn't living with us at the time. So it was really easy for me to detach. And everything kept telling me, yes, but the anecdote to addiction is connectivity. And I thought, well, how am I supposed to connect with this child? He's like a zombie, right? Um, So let me just speak into that for a little bit here. Um, We as parents have the ability to influence our child's motivation. We do. We can't, we can't direct them. We can't, it's not our fault what they're doing and we can't push them into doing what we want them to do. But if we understand and appreciate what he or she is doing and why they're doing it, if we have more empathy and we identify um, how this person can modify his behavior, it can change a lot. It can change our relationship um, and and maybe support long-term change. Let me let me see if I can give you an example here. Um, so let's say that um, let me read a part of this. You can change your behavior in a way that shifts the cost of your loved one's behavior back to him so you aren't carrying them on your shoulders so again you know we can't um, it's not our fault and I don't want you to think that we can all of a sudden wave a magic wand but if we change some of our behavior it just might be interesting to see what the consequences of that are so for instance this person um Instead of getting her son up in the morning and enduring the fight, you know, for him to get to work, she let him sleep in and miss his meeting and feel his boss's frustration. If we help our loved one define the costs of his behavior more sharply for himself with less conflict between us. So, so again, if... If our addicted loved one is using and therefore can't get up in the morning, but we're like, oh my gosh, we can't let him lose his job. I got to get him up. No, it's not a responsibility. If we let him sleep in and suffer the consequences, his motivation to change has to come from within, right? He has to weigh the cost, benefits, and pain. If the pain of his using continues to exceed the benefit of his using, then maybe he's going to reconsider that, right? When people see their behavior 
as inconsistent with their self-image or goals, their motivation to change can increase too. And I think this is what happened when our son went to jail. It was like jail therapy. He looked at the other people in the jail and he was like, oh my golly gosh, I am in jail. This is not the image I had of myself. I never wanted to be here. How did this happen? How did this happen? So the benefit of his using, you know, wasn't as as good as what he thought it was, right? Because the pain was far greater. He thought, well, this isn't who I am, right? So, you know, just letting him stay there and try to um, sort out his pain and try to identify that, oh my gosh, this is what I did and this is where I ended up and this is not who I want to be. That's another cost benefit. That was a motivation for him to change. Now, how did I, how did my input make a difference with that? Well, I didn't bail him out, right? I didn't hurry up and get him out of his uncomfort zone. I didn't allow myself to do that. It takes courage for any of us to examine ourselves. But if we step back and ask, you know, how, how can I change my behavior to better motivate my child to change? You might be surprised with what you come up with. One mom was um, at a play date at, uh, with some of her um, five-year-old or no, I guess it was a first grader. So this mom was at this play date with a bunch of first graders and her son said to one of the boys there, wow, your house is really fun because your mom plays games with you. And this mom was mortified. She thought, oh my goodness, what am I doing? And she had been um, suffering with depression and she had hurt her back, and so she was taking painkillers. And instead of playing with her son, she was like laying on the couch all the time. And when she heard her son say this to somebody else, the, the pain of hearing her son, the image of the mother that she always wanted to be was not the image of who she was being of, of the woman that she was the mom she was being wasn't what fit her image of herself and she was embarrassed and so that motivated her to change right it motivated her to look at her life and say wait a minute I'm I'm letting my back pain and the painkillers um, put me in a funk and I'm not stepping up and being the mom that I always wanted to be. So I need to change. I need to figure this out, right? So um, understanding and appreciating why your loved one does what he does or she does can really help you find empathy too. So I think... um, for instance, let's say your, your child is socially inept and the idea of going to a support group just puts them 
over the top because they have to go in front of a bunch of people they don't know. And um, the one time, the one time they went to a support group, it was filled with people that he couldn't relate to or she couldn't relate to. And um, they were, they seemed judgmental, cold. They weren't, um, they just weren't open and warm. And so this child of yours who's socially backward um, was resisting change. So think about that. If you really knew that, what might you offer? How might you change what you do if you knew that, right? So we could offer to um, find somebody to, that that person likes and maybe respects to go to these meetings with that person. Or we could search for a different meeting until that person felt comfortable, right? I mean, you would, you would help give your addicted loved one choices. You would search for choices that then fit them and their resistance to change. But how do we know what that resistance is about if we don't listen, if we don't know, if we don't get down to their level and um, be empathetic? So here are some of the things that we can do um, that can change motivation. And again, this is in the book I'm reading, Beyond Addiction, How Science and Kindness Help People Change. It's written by Jeffrey Foote with an E on the end, PhD, and a few other people. So um, the things that can change motivation, how can you positively impact another person's motivation to change? Well, um, do, okay, and this is based on evidence. Here is what enhances people's motivation to do something and keep doing it. One, feeling acknowledged, understood, and accepted as you are. Not contingent on doing something or do not doing something. So it's not here, I will love you only if you do this. But it's, it's letting them know, it's acknowledging them for where they are now. We don't have to agree with that. Um, we just have to acknowledge, oh, so this is where you are now and this is how you feel. Just be a mirror to that. Um, getting information without pressure, having options, having reasons that make sense for a particular choice, having a sense of a competence about how to change and the steps to take, getting positive feedback for positive change. One of the things um, when our son was at least said he wanted to go into recovery, I went out there and I got, I gathered a bunch of information about a lot of different rehab options. And I made notes on, you know, how some are a dual diagnosis treatment center and some are not, and the differences and why they needed to pay attention to them. And sometimes I would often do things and my husband would say, Michelle, why are you doing that? Aren't they capable of looking up and getting their own information? was right he was right but um my I was I was absent in his life I I just when I would be in his presence I would feel so sick 
so physically drained maybe it's my empath gene but I would feel so physically sick that I just couldn't even sit there I just um, it was like I took on all his pain so this was my way of saying hey look there are options out there and here are some to look at but you've got to do the work and you only you know what is going to work for you and so I did offer that but Here's what tends to crush our motivation to do something. And think about this for yourself. And I know, if you're like me, we have resisted change um, in many ways in our lives. Don't tell me it's not true because I know. Um, I, I like to do things a certain way and sometimes I'm just not motivated to do it any different. Um, if we feel misunderstood and judged, forget it. I'm not changing. If other people are pushing me, oh my goodness, I have a granddaughter. I'm always telling her, you are pushing me. I said no. Um, she's always pushing me to do what she wants. Uh, it's ineffective. It's not going to work. It doesn't work now. It's never going to work. Um, if we feel like we have only one option, what about that? I'm going to feel like I'm in the corner, right? I'm going to pin in the corner and I don't want to do it. Um, if we believe that we can't do it, what about that? How many of your children have that worthless mindset, that, that devil sitting on his shoulder telling him he's not worthy or he's never going to be able to do it because he's never been able to do it in the past, right? Um, and when we're yelling at them and calling them lazy and that they're just nothing but a drug addict or whatever it is we say to them, um, no, that's so ineffective because it's not motivating them to change. Um, so hopefully that is something for you to think about today. Um, I recommend that you get this book and read about motivation and why do people change and really think about, um, you know, if we're expecting them to change, we have to understand what's going to motivate them first. And if we're making it really easy for them in their life, they aren't going to be motivated to change, are they? If, if they are not taking their own medicine, if they are not suffering the consequences of their behaviors, then they are not motivated to change because they're, they're going to think, oh, mom's just going to rescue me, or I don't have to take care of my kids because mom has them, or I don't have to wake up. If I don't wake up, mom will get me up, you know? No, um, and the consequences of them using are never going to motivate them to change. In this chapter, there's also a whole chart on behavior analysis. And I find this interesting because it talks about the behaviors and the triggers and the consequences um, of those behaviors, the positive consequences, and he makes a list. So let's say somebody uses, um, and the positive consequences are, for my son was always, well then socially he could talk more, he feels like he's the life of the party, he's not so introverted, but... um, the next day or when he loses his job because he can't function 
Was it worth it? Mm, probably not, right? So they have these um, charts here that you can really, if you want to take time for some self-reflection, for some behavioral analysis of your loved one's substance abuse, um, check it out. I don't want to go into depth here, but um, it, it talks about like the behavior. What does your loved one usually use? Trigger. There's an external trigger, there's an internal one, there's short-term positive consequences, and there's long-term negative consequences. So give it a, give it a shot and um, really think differently about how you are, um, how you could possibly change your behavior to help motivate your child's behavior. Again, this is Michelle hoping that I brought you a little bit of hope or insight into a very difficult problem. Um, on, on, on the side, I want to say um, just keep hoping for the best and I, I'll keep praying for all of you. My, our son is 125 days sober. He was actually um, hired by the recovery um, facility or, or place, rehab place that he has been rehabbing at. Um, he'll start full-time next week with benefits, and I sobbed. I never saw this coming. I didn't think that um, he would ever get well, and I know that a relapse is, you know, can happen at any time, but for now, I'm finding joy in my life despite his past choices. He has to come back this month for court, and he could be sentenced to jail. But again, um, maybe he will, if that happens, I have to think positive, and maybe his influence there in the jail will have a positive effect on others. So for today, God bless, and I hope that you can find joy somewhere in your life today. Thank you.